Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Bible says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And just as we are worshiping today, I just sense that God, you know, we, we've heard it said so many times, but he really is doing a new thing. And I just believe that, that we need to just trust God. And I love some of the words that I've been hearing, um, on, on the feed, just saying that, that it's God who we get our strength from. And when you realize that he's doing a new thing, we can trust him. And so let's just pray as we open today, God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, that you are always working, that you are always moving, that you are in control. God, and the things that you want to do, God, your word never comes away void. God, it it's always accomplishing. It's always moving forward. It's always producing fruit. Um, and so, God, we just partner with what you're doing today. Yes, God, we're so excited even just to be in our living room today, interacting, being able to talk. God, it's such a cool season to be part of. And so, God, we just lean into you today, this morning. And we thank you for your goodness. God, that in the midst of sometimes what people might see as a desert, that you are always there, that you're present, and that you're always doing something. And so, God, may we get into alignment with what you're doing. But we give you so much thanks and praise. Yes, Lord. In your name. Amen. 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 Well, welcome to our living room this morning. And we're trying something new. And so far, I think it's going great. It's so exciting to see everybody chatting and, mm-hmm. and reading and seeing how many people are yeah. connected with us. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful time to feel connected, even though we're in our own living rooms. I was saying to you this morning that it feels weird inviting Bethel into our living room. And the last time we had so many people in our living room, it was the um, the 50 plus whole Christmas gathering where they could come in and check out our and hang out for Christmas. And, and I just, it was such, if one thing I missed this year for Christmas, it was that it was connecting with everybody in our home. And Mm -hmm. so we're so thankful that you're in our home Mm -hmm. and this is working so well. And it's so good again, to see the encouragements in the chat, to hear you sharing what God is speaking to you. And we're going to continue to ask you a couple questions during our message. And just want to remind you, there is about a, probably about a five to 10 second delay. And so if it takes us a couple minutes before we start responding to you, it's because, well, there's a delay. Yeah. And so we're trying something new, but today it feels like in our world today that there's always something new, always something new happening, always something new available. It's true. I actually thought it was really, really funny because this year for Christmas, um, Miles had went to a friend's house to play and he wanted to find a new Xbox game that his friend had. 
<laughs> so I went to a store and um, I asked them if they had any Xbox um, 360 games. And they looked at me with such like a smug look of like, we don't have Xbox 360 games. We only have the most recent systems. And I thought, oh boy, I, I think I realized at that point how out of, um, how, how outdated, outdated we were. But the, the truth about technology is the minute that you get it, you are completely outdated. So um, especially with musical instruments, the minute I buy a new keyboard, I get it home and it's completely outdated. Um, but we were just thinking in preparation of this, um, of some of the inventions that they have had over like the centuries and, and how it must have felt to have something new. Yes. So like um, not, 1440, they invented the first printing press in Germany. I feel very smart being able to say that. Um, you Googled it. I did, I did Google it. <laughs> in 1886, Carl Lentz invented the first Benz. vehicle, Benz, Benz, right? That's where they get the Benz car from. Yep. Okay. Carl Lentz in Benz invented the first vehicle powered by a gas engine. And those are some of like the big ones, but yeah. what about some of the small ones? Like think of our kids almost every morning and myself love toast. Think about how we used to have people over for tea and toast. Where would we be without the toaster? Our kids would not exist in the mornings without a toaster. Right. Um, one that is near and dear to my heart, ladies, can you imagine life without a curling iron? Like who created the curling iron? And can you imagine being frightened with the first invention of a curling iron and putting this to your hair, hoping it doesn't singe it right off, right? Remember Little Women, the movie? And like, she like burned the, the curl right off. It's terrible. But where would we be without a curling iron, right? This is true. Like, and you always, always have to think of the first person who thought of doing something. Right. And I was watching the show and they were, they were just talking about bull riding. Who was the first person to ride a bull? True. And then the person in the show was actually like, like how crazy was the first person they're like no actually the second person <laughs> who was crazy enough to do it a second time that's so true that's and so you true. think of some of these inventions like burning your hair right you know to and curl it yeah I right know. like yeah i'm gonna <laughs> heat something up hot enough that it could burn my head but you know what i'm gonna do it every day <laughs> and we do um think about cell phones okay so i have an awesome story so um I became a pastor in Keswick and my mom, like I was, I was single and she was worried about my safety. So she gave me um, her cell phone. And so imagine this, it had this huge, like, like thick, like wiry, like cord that you put into like the cigarette lighter. lighter. Yep. And it was like this big and you'd put it up to your ear and you talk into it. it. It was huge. Like I got made fun of, but it was awesome. But even just the thought of having a cell phone, I didn't want people to get a hold of me all the time. Like I remember I was like 21 years old and I'm like, I don't want a cell phone. Why do people want to get like, I want silence sometimes. Right. The thought was appalling. And I remember still the day that I went out to my car and it was stolen. It was like nostalgic. I can't, I was so sad that it got stolen but everybody made fun of me because they had already moved on I just got my first cell phone and they let's, had already moved on let's be honest it was a house phone 
that fit in the car and powered. <laughs> Probably. But they had already moved on to like the smaller flip phone. And then think about it. Like we get an iPhone and we're already disappointed in it because there's a new iPhone coming out, yeah. right? So like things just move so fast. So I have a question for you already. So I want you to text in and you're going to get this about 10 seconds after I say the question. So I'll keep talking. But what invention could you not live without if it was never made? So um, for me, probably maybe the curling iron or the straight iron because my hair would be out to here. So what invention would you be devastated if it was never made? So I, my kids, probably the toaster. Probably the toaster. I would have to say a coffee maker, although I know you can make coffee different ways. I really appreciate my coffee maker. It's true. Um, I got a new grinder, so I really appreciate grinder. Yes. Yeah. A car. Cars are important. Yep. A skill saw. <laughs> yes. Power tool. See, look at this, right? This is awesome. Internet. A frying pan. Oh, yes. Good for one. For pancakes. Yes. An oven. oven. So true. Right? Like cooking inside and without having to start a fire and just what a turning thought. it on. How about the toilet, right? Coffee maker, yes. See, um, lots of coffee makers. You guys are good Microwave, people. so true. The fast yeah. generation. Water heater, yes. Hot water is a beautiful thing. The internet, the fridge. Yes. Washing machine, oh my goodness. Oh, electric guitars, yep. <laughs> <laughs> of course. TV changed our world, absolutely. A few people have said internet. And could you imagine trying to go through this season right now without mm -hmm. internet? Sure. We wouldn't be able to do this. We wouldn't be able to connect. Mm -hmm. You know, shoes, yes. Chainsaw, see, look at all the power the tools. Toothbrush. Toothbrush is good. That absolutely. is, a, that's highly Our spouses thank us yes. for brushing our teeth every day. Yeah, tractor, yes. That's probably, that changed a lot of things. Very true, very true. It Back did. to the toothbrush. We need to remind our family to brush our teeth, even though we don't know what day it is anymore. In quarantine, <laughs> still brush your teeth. Sorry. This is true. Side note. Shoes, yes, so true. All right, so um, you can keep going. This is so good, but we got to keep preaching. See, I was waiting for somebody Thank you, Hopkins family. Indoor plumbing. Yes. Where would we be without indoor plumbing? <laughs> and so I definitely, as Canadians, highly appreciate indoor plumbing. It's but true. as we talk about new things, as we talk about um, believing in something new and appreciating things new, as we have prayed through um, just praying into 2021 and asking God for a word. We do this for ourselves, but we also do this for Bethel. Mm -hmm. And so for us at Bethel, we truly believe that the word this year is new. Mm -hmm. We believe it's new, N-E-W. And God is doing something new and we need to be looking for him. Like, God, what are you doing? And Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, you're probably going to hear this verse quite a bit um, in the next little while. And it says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Yeah. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Mm -hmm. How often do we get distracted by the way things used to be? Mm -hmm. uh, the way like the way life used to be. Can you imagine if we still? Um, we a lot of people said cars. But could you imagine if we still drove the Model T car? Like if we, how many of us now, like we can't have a car without heated seats, yet, right? Like yeah. we've gone from like, oh my goodness, my car has heat to, hey, can you heat my seat? Can you heat my steering wheel? Like 
We've gone to all of these things. We're always looking for something new in our homes and different places. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when it comes to God, we always want to look back the way it used to be, what got the way things used to be. And when we yeah. think about stuff like that, we realize the way our life used to be, the way our family used to be, the way church used to be. And, but like things are different and it's not like it used to be. Yeah. It's not like it used to be. None of us can look back at 2019. I remember reading online and somebody said in 2020, and you can even say it in 2021, who, whatever your answer was five years ago, to the question of where would you see yourself in five years? None of us got it right. Yeah. yeah. None of us saw ourselves here. None of us saw ourselves doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's not what it used to be. So the question we also need to be asking ourselves is what is God doing now? Mm -hmm. What is God doing new? Mm -hmm. See, the Israelites, they struggled with this. They struggled to see what God was doing new. They kept struggling with looking back and grumbling about the moment, right where we are now, complaining and being upset. See, we have to remember, the Israelites lived in Egypt for 430 years. Long time. And most of that time, slaves. Mm -hmm. Slaves. Like, we have to realize that as history talks, they had it worse than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And then God led them out of Egypt mm -hmm. after 430 years, he led them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar mm -hmm. of fire by night. I just have a hard time envisioning this as they walk out of this place. There's a thing in front of them, a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire at night to lead them and guide them. Right. And they never, it never left its place. Right. It was always out in front of them. And so we have to review something. I would have loved to live like that. Right. Like, it would be so obvious where god was going can you imagine like god i'm not sure where i'm supposed to live oh there's a cloud that's straight in front of me mm -hmm. god where am i supposed to move to and we're praying at night and we see this pillar of fire outside telling us where to live like yeah. there's so much clarity mm -hmm. but then so we have to realize there's so much clarity but yet they still struggled yeah like let's review some of the stuff that happened for the israelites the israelites had 10 plagues for them to get out of egypt just the power of God. And as the plagues attacked the Egyptians, it didn't attack the Israelites. Some of them they were totally set apart from. Yeah. So here's my neighbor struggling and having these things happen. And I'm not mm -hmm. like, this is the power of God. Mm -hmm. And then in a matter of hours, they went from slavery to walking out of Egypt, following this cloud, mm -hmm. walking out free. And not only that, but they took the riches of Egypt. Like Egypt wanted them out so bad that they're like, take this stuff, take this stuff, take it, just get out, get out, yeah, get out. Wow. And so the scriptures actually talk about how when they left, or no, one of the commentaries, they got basically paid for all their years of slavery. Wow. They got paid for all their days of slavery. And then God led them by this pillar. And then, mm. I don't know about you, but if all of these things happened, if all of these plagues happened, I went from like slave to having all of these riches within an hour, a couple hours, and I'm free. This hopefully would get through my thick head that I can trust God right. and I can follow him. Right. And I'm starting to realize that there's parts of me, like there's times in my life where my head is very thick mm -hmm. and you're my wife. So you probably know that, yeah, no, but, definitely not. <clears throat> but there's tons of times where it's like, how am I doubting God when I should be remembering? Because this is why it's so important for us 
to journal and make notes because like when we think of reading the Bible and being a part of our daily lives, the reason it's so important is because we're basically reading the journal of incredible people, men and women of the Bible and hearing what God has done for them, the recordings of what has happened in their lives. And so it's why it's important for us to journal because as we journal, it's going to keep a record of what God has done in our own lives. Mm-hmm. What has he done in your life? What has he done in my life? And we write them down. We write down our prayer requests. Right. Here's what I'm, God, here's what I'm praying for. And then when he answers it, we go back mm-hmm. and we put a star, maybe write the date where we can go in the journal to find right. where he answered the prayer. And so it helps us remember, oh yeah, when I prayed for this, <laughs> this is where we are reminded, oh, here's how he does this. And then we're in those tough times. It brings a balance to our lives. Right. The journal will bring a balance of like, you know, I'm so frustrated. Where's God in this? And then you look at your journal and like, oh, last week he just did this. So he's still with me. I just have a short-term memory loss. And I think the Israelites, they are so quick to Mm flip-flop that when we journal, it helps us Mm -hmm. not to flip. It's such a good self-discipline to have. And it's called a self-discipline because it's not natural. You need a discipline in your life to go, okay, I don't want to write naturally write my thoughts down. But when you understand the purpose of it, that it's, I love that word balance, like to keep yourself from like tipping into woe is me or ah, you know, letting your emotions run wild. It keeps you balanced to go, no, God is there. He's still moving forward. Yeah. And I, I talked to one of my mentors and, or my mentor this week, and he, we just talked about journaling and the importance of journaling right. and how it reflects and the challenges and just how so many people are catching on to this mm-hmm. and how many that he's older than I am. And he says so many people his age are saying like, man, I wish I would have started this earlier. Right. And so teaching people my age, the importance of it so that I can start now. And then us teaching people younger than us that it's like, man, if you start before I did, it's just going to draw you in closer, but the Israelites would flip flop back and forth in Exodus 14, 10. It says this, do you want to read it? Sure. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? Talk about drama. Um, What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert right? Like here they are, how quick they forget. This is, this is at the Red Sea. Wow. eh? Like this is where they're at the Red Sea. Now Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Like if I see an army running behind, coming up behind me, it's going to scare me. Right. But here's what I'm confused by is they have an army coming behind them, but their eyes are so in the wrong place because Mm -hmm. I don't understand how they can see the army. Right. I hopefully would be so distracted by the pillar of cloud in front of me. Right. Still in awe that God is walking in front of me. It's true. But how many times in my own life do I get distracted because I keep looking back? Right. I literally keep getting so distracted because I'm looking back. Right. And I'm I'm nervous instead of looking ahead. Yeah. And I forget that God is in control. But can you imagine like standing on the beach, staring at the army that's behind you and completely missing the point that there's dry land in front of you. Wow. That like the water actually move like 
like how many of us see that on a daily basis? None of us. Yep. But all they could see was the army behind them. Um, the the book of Exodus says that the waters were divided and, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry land with the wall of water right in front of them. First of all, the roar of water yep. would have been like deafening. Like this, like, I don't know if you've seen Sunday school, you know, movies where it's like, whoosh, but that's legit. That's yep. what would have happened. This whoosh, right? And all they're sitting there going is, oh my gosh, the, 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 you know, we're going to die. We're going to die. Really? Look at what's right in front of them. I'd be so nervous. Like, can you imagine if I missed it? Right. Like I'm distracted by the army behind me. So I actually miss the parting of the sea and I turn around and go, what just happened? Mm -hmm. And I'm nervous times in my own life of what have I missed God doing right. because I've been distracted about what I think the enemy's doing mm -hmm. and my eyes are not on God. And so the interesting thing is, so God splits the Red Sea, the Israelites start walking through it. Mm -hmm. And the scriptures tell us that God caused confusion in the Egyptian army. So I, <clears throat> excuse me, I envision like the cloud maybe causing fog and stuff. Like, I don't know how he caused confusion, but then all of a sudden the confusion's gone and they take off after the Israelites into the sea. And it's interesting because as they go into the sea and after the Israelites, the scriptures tell us that God basically uh, paraphrasing, but he jams up their wheels of the chariots. He locks up their axles that they can't spin right. and it's hard for them to drive. Right. Now, this is a funny thing because we reviewed what the Israelites saw and them forgetting that God is with them. The Egyptians experience all of the same things. And then when they come after them, they see the cloud, they get, dis they get confused. And after they go in it, it's not till their wheels lock up hmm. that the scriptures say that the Egyptians says, the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Wow. And so as they turn to get out, like, they're now probably leaving their chariots. They are running and they are trying to get away. And all of a sudden it says that Moses stretch out his arms again. Right. Wow. And the sea comes crashing in on them. Wow. And the scriptures tell us that it wiped out the entire army. Not one of them survived. Wow. Not one. Exodus 14, 31 says, and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord yeah. and put their trust in him and in Moses, his sermon, his servant. It's not only did they trust in him, not only they celebrated, it says that they worshiped him. They sang a song. They mm -hmm. celebrated like the song is like a whole chapter long. Like they wrote a long song and they mm -hmm. celebrated and sang and mm -hmm. praised the Lord. And then it's interesting because they do all of this. This is like me getting an answer to prayer, telling all of my friends, calling them and saying, God, this is what God did. This is what God did. Right. And then the scriptures tell us that Moses led them into the desert and three days without finding water. Now I understand three days without water in the desert, that would stink. They would not be fun. I get that. Yeah. But three days after seeing all of this happen, right. they begin to grumble again. They actually get to a place where they find water. They come to Mar where the water is bitter. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but after three days, I might just start um, wanting to drink like any type of water. I don't know if I would taste water and be like, that's bitter. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I think I would just drink it. But they start grumbling and complaining. So mm -hmm. what happens is 
God points out a piece of wood to Moses Mm -hmm. and Moses picks up this piece of wood, tosses it into the water and it becomes sweet. Mm -hmm. So they begin to drink this water and they're happy again. And then they leave and they go into a place and they camp at a place called Elam. And Elam, there is a, a bunch of springs and palm trees. I see it almost as like this beautiful little resort. Mm. And as they get there, they come and they're now in between Elam and Sinai because we have to realize their whole objective is to get to Mount Sinai mm. to worship the Lord. Right. When, they, when they get halfway, they come to a place called the Desert of Sin. That just sounds like a bad place. Yeah. <laughs> but they get there. And now it says in the scriptures on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So in my mind, we can guesstimate it's probably about 45 days. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm distracted and I have to pause for a minute because I see all the comments saying that my mug is a <laughs> kitty cat mug. I'm letting you know from the distance, it might look like a kitty cat, but these are actually stormtroopers. <laughs> this is a Star Wars <laughs> mug. And I got this and I drink out of it daily because one of the things I want to remind myself in this season is the answers of prayer that God has done. And this actually comes from my trip to Florida where I got to go to Disney and Disney was a lifelong goal of mine to get to. And so God answered a prayer. So no, this is not a kitty cat mug. This is a stormtrooper mug. Just wanted to clarify as we're moving on. Sorry, I get distracted. Yes, you do. And I just wanted to clarify. (laughs) But as they continue to grumble, it tells us in Exodus 16.3, it says, uh, Israel, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, where Mm -hmm. we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. Mm -hmm. You have brought us out of this desert Mm -hmm. to starve this entire assembly to death. So here they are. They just got water a few days ago. Yeah. That a piece of wood made it sweet. Right. Now they're in a place and they're hungry. Now, anybody on this and watching, we can all guarantee that we've all been hangry before. (laughs) So I'm willing to bet they're just, they're hangry and they're complaining. (laughs) Yeah. But as they're complaining, what did they say? We should have stayed in Egypt. Yeah. I would rather be slaves where they whip me and beat me. Right. And, but at least I had some food. Right. And so God hears them grumbling again. Mm -hmm. And he sends them manna in the morning and quail at night. And he sends enough that they don't have to store it. They go out, they pick up the manna in the morning, the quail at night. So you get your bread in the morning, your meat at night. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because the scriptures want to let us know that they're not suffering. The scriptures tell us that the manna tasted like wafers made with Mm -hmm. honey. That is a yummy tasting food. And then the Israelites continue this pattern the whole time they're in the desert. They celebrate what God has done and then they grumble. They celebrate what he's done and then they grumble. Right. How many of us do that on a regular basis, right? Yeah. Um, So we were preparing this message and um, I was just reminded of, um, we're having um, a staff meeting with a mentor of ours and I kind of asked him we were talking about spiritual warfare we were talking about um you know those doors that we can open in our lives that allow the enemy to come in and kind of wreak havoc yeah and so I asked him I said what do you think is the um most profound door or like what is the biggest way that we can open a door to the enemy to have access in our life and what he said just nailed me between the eyes and it almost took my breath away and I have never forgotten it. And I don't have a very good memory, but I have never forgotten this because it actually hurt. This is what he said. 
self-pity. Ouch, yeah. I remember so that. not vast, you know, like huge sin, like murdering somebody or or stealing or any of these things. He said the thing that can get the enemy to have the most access in our lives to take control of us is self-pity. And yeah. so I did a little uh, Google. I know it's not very profound, but a little Googling of what self-pity was last night. And this is what I came up with. Self-pity is defined as pity for oneself, especially a self-indulgent dwelling on one's own sorrows or misfortunes. Self-pity is an emotion directed towards others with the goal of attracting attention, empathy, or help, and one in which the subject feels sorry for themselves. Um, If you're completely focused on feeling bad about your own problems and complaints, you're feeling self-pity. When you feel sorry for yourself or overly sad about the difficulties you face, you're indulging in self-pity. And so here's how you find out if you have self-pity in your life. Okay, so there's seven, seven things. And some of these are just, so we can just say out loud, okay? Ouch, because this is not on you. This is, you know, like this is ouch, okay? I think, I think we can all identify with these. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of camping and or moving on. Absolutely. Right. And right. So, just self-awareness, right? I just know as you, even as you read those descriptions, there's so many times in my own life where I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. You know, and even in the past couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, that day. Yeah. Oh, you know, and so yeah. this is, this hurts, but man, oh man. And mm-hmm. these seven points hurt. Yeah. So let's all just say together, ouch. So number one, you find it hard to laugh at life and at yourself. And that's such a good point that we take life so, so seriously, meaning like inward focus, focused on ourselves, not focused on God, not focused on God's goodness, that we just can't laugh sometimes, right? Well, the interesting thing is when we can't laugh at ourselves, we're taking it too seriously. And we think that if somebody laughs at us when we've done something right. that it's an insult when really we probably should laugh as well. Miles mm-hmm. this morning, he was watching some YouTube videos of professional baseball players making errors. Right. And he said to me, he's like, dad, I so appreciate seeing these guys make errors because it makes me feel normal, human, human. And so when yeah. we can laugh at ourselves, it allows us to be able to um, take life a little less seriously. Yep. Number two, Let's just say ouch before I even say it. Just say ouch. Yeah. Number two, you tend to crave for drama. Um, You know, I was doing a little bit of studying on healing and how God wants to heal you. But in order for God to heal you, you can't give in to drama. And that has stuck with me too. So if I want to move forward in my life, and if I want God to do something in my life, I can't sit in a state of drama. Oh, well, it's me. Yeah. I have to go, nope, no, no room for drama. God's doing something. Let's move forward. Right. right. All right. Number three, let's just say, ouch, ouch. You tend to crave for sympathy. Yeah. Like everybody look at me, you know, let's look at my, my situation. This stinks. I actually, and we're not going to touch on, we're not going to elaborate on all of them, but we actually just, um, this week in my mentorship pr- uh, class that I'm in, we talked about forgiveness. And this one here was such a big one because they said one of the ways that we're, if we want to forgive somebody, one of the things we have to do is stop telling the story. 
because so we keep telling people what happened to us, right. which stirs up the hurt. So I can't forgive the person, but right. really all I want is your sympathy. I want you yeah. to feel bad for me. Yeah. And if we want to move forward, we have to stop telling the story so that we don't remind ourselves how awful our situation right. is. Right. Yep. Um, and again, like this isn't to not have compassion on each other. This actually allows us to continue to have compassion on each other because we're not so focused on ourselves. Absolutely. Yep. Ouch. All right. So number four, this one's another ouch, say it together. Ouch. You tend to be an individualist. Now I didn't understand fully what that meant. So let me read the description to you. Self-pity is one of the most effective ways of keeping yourself separate and independent from the friend's family and people around you. Yep. That's painful, right? Um, we all need each other. We're not islands. All right. Number five, you tend to be, this is so related to your message today. You tend to be past oriented person yep. dwelling on the past, dwelling on what happened instead of dwelling on hope on God's goodness and on the future. Yep. Um, number six, another one I'll give an, a, an illustration for or read the definition of. Um, you have low self-esteem. People with low self-esteem <clears throat> tend to crave the acceptance and affection of other people as a way of feeling better about themselves. The tragic life story that self-pitying creates is an excellent way of collecting flocks of supporters. Um, I believe this is why this one here is, is so important because um, if you remember when Jesus healed the person at the pool, um, he asked what we all classify as the weirdest question ever. Mm -hmm. He walks up to this man who's at the pool, who's been laying there for, I think it was like 30 some years. Mm -hmm. And he asked him, do you want to be healed? Mm -hmm. And I think this is why he, he asked him because it's, it's, do you want to be healed? Because some people, they actually don't know who they are without their struggle, mm. right? It's not like, yeah. hi, I'm Chad. It's, hi, I'm Chad with this. Yeah. Hi, I'm, I have, I, this is who, it's an identity. Right. And so therefore we have a hard time letting it go because yeah. without this, <clears throat> who am I? Yeah, I read a really fabulous little pamphlet book that I received from a good friend of mine. And it talks about the difference that the world would say, we need to have, you know, the world would say we need to have good self-esteem. We need to love ourselves. We need to, you know, feel good about ourselves. But what the Bible actually says is something completely contrary to that. Not we need to be pushed down. We need to have a God esteem. Right. Yeah. What does God, how does God view us? So what does God say about you? He says that we are victorious, that we're not stuck, that we're not staying here, that we are not broken. Right. Because he sees us as becoming whole because he's healing us yeah. right um all right last no, one number seven let's just say one great big ouch <laughs> say it again ouch you've got to prepare yourself for this one number seven you have an unhealthy habit of being self-absorbed yeah. ouch right that's not fun to hear um <clears throat> and in the season that we're in um it's even hard to to share this message, you know, actually I couldn't sleep a little bit last night. I'm like, is this too painful? Like, this is, is this like a shame on you? No, because I'm speaking to myself, yeah. you know, but 
there's, there's so many people in tough spots. There's so many people in different life situations. And I love the stuff that I've heard on the, on Facebook lately. I heard one just say, we need to have so much compassion for each other because we're all in a different place of life. Yeah. Like there's some people who are working. There's some people who have lost their job or lost their business. There's some people who are homeschooling. Everybody is in a different place. We must have so much compassion for each other. And it's a tough time just to live in right now. Absolutely. Um, but I've heard it, you know, said that if we can keep in the forefront of our mind that somebody always has it worse than yeah. me, that's what kind of kind of help pull me out of the, the tears, right? And what is the opposite of self-pity? The opposite of self-pity, that self-absorption is others. And yeah. so little testimony um, or confession, I would have to say, would be, um, so we're just, praise the Lord, finishing up uh, quarantine. Our kids are still stuck in it, yep. but we both, you and I just both um, tested positive for COVID. And a couple we, of weeks ago, so we're out of, we're out of isolation. We today. are out of isolation today. <laughs> we are partying by going grocery shopping. Hallelujah. Um, but just for those who are like, what, they had it. We had very mild symptoms. Yeah. And so I will just say that not having taste or smell makes like texture in your mouth feel so weird. And I'm not a texture person, but it's like the weird things that you taste or worrying that like, I can't smell this. Is something burning? Or like, is this bath towel stinky? Can you smell this? Like, does this need to be washed? When was this, you know, like it's, we're in quarantine. I don't know what day it is. Or like, you know, I don't know. Do your feet smell? Like, do I need to shower? Do I have bad breath? I don't know. Anyways, I'll regress. So <laughs> I just keep answering. Yes. Yeah. You Thanks. Um, and, but the first couple of days of quarantine, I just thought, I can't do this. We had already done a week of quarantine before we even like took the test and then got the results back. And so I was already at my wits end. And then we get like this, the death sentence of like, you must be in quarantine for 14 more days. And I cried and I cried for like three days. And I'm like, we are healthy. You know, like we are not in the hospital. We were healthy, you know, you know, just a little bit of chest congestion. We had the best case scenario, but like the self-pity yeah. that wanted to settle in. And I just was beside myself. I was a little frustrated with these four walls, of course, but um, I just thought I need to do something different in order to get out of this place because this isn't going to be healthy for me. It's not going to be healthy for my family. It's not going to be healthy for my, you know, witness of who God is. And all of a sudden, I just thought, I'm just going to start calling people. And I called as many people as I could. The people in quarantine, the people um, that just, I woke up that day and said, okay, who is it today that I need to call and encourage? And had the best conversations. And by the end of each day, I thought, oh my gosh, I would love to stay in quarantine for the rest of my life because I feel like I have the time yeah. to listen and ask God who he needs me to encourage that day. And it ended up flipping from like this woe is me to this is awesome. God has given me like a precious, a precious time, a precious jewel. And even almost going back to the scripture that I opened with, like nothing returns void. Right. Everything that God uses, God uses for our good and can use for, for his good. 
And I know so many people around us in this season who have served others and served those people around them and are just blessing people. And those people are my heroes, watching them do what they're doing. It's There's amazing. So many people, so many people at our church who are doing that. And we, you know, we've learned from you and we just stand yeah. in awe. It's absolutely incredible. Going back to your message, you know, we all think, um, you know, we just can't wait to get back to normal. Yeah. We can't wait till isolation is done. But what if normal was actually Egypt? Right. Wow. What if normal is what God tried to shake us out of? And we actually just want to get back to it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've said for a year now or nine months, God's pressing a reset button. And so I have a question for you and I want some interaction. So if God is wanting to press a reset button in our lives, um, you don't have to make this personal in general, what would be some of the things that he would want to press a reset button on in our lives? I know for us, like to reset in our lives, what he's caused us to do is like, we, our life has slowed down a little bit. We're at home more. Yeah. So we've done a lot more family games, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like just connecting with our family. Yep. And that was a reset in ours. Like not that we weren't close as a family. We've always been close, mm -hmm. but it's really drawn us tight together. Yep. So somebody saying that, um, wow, that what we're going through will someday be somebody else's survival kit. That's really good. Um, how we communicate to yep. each other. We are like shoved in four walls. We better get good at communicating. Absolutely. That's such a good one. Getting rid of anger. Absolutely. Not avoiding what we get stuck with. That was yep. one that was back. More grateful, focus more on God and not focusing on myself. That's so true, right? Like, mm -hmm. again, getting our eyes looking forward to what God is doing, not looking inward. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I think another great question is you're commenting is incredible. Another great question that we need to ask ourselves to go with that one, to actually go with this one is it's going to help us get out of that self-pity mm -hmm. is to ask ourselves, what is God doing in our lives that is good right now? Yeah. Again, it's that refocus of, okay, I can see everything that's happening around me. And if I want to dwell on it, I can fall into this pit real fast. Yeah. But if all of a sudden I start looking up and okay, what God, what are you doing? That is good. What are you doing around me? That is good. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? And like, so what is God doing good in your life? So you guys respond. Sorry. I just know yep. there's a 10 minute, 10 second delay. 10 minutes would be a lot. 10 minutes would be a long time, mm -hmm. but it's like, what is God doing? That's good. We, we have so many good things in our lives. Um, you know, we have watched, we've had the privilege of watching other people and hearing about how people are blessing other people through this scenario, mm -hmm. like through what's happening. Um, as a church, I believe like God is pushing us outside of the walls. Yeah. He's forcing us into the community and forcing us to love other people. Yeah. I love He's slowing us down yeah. uh, more time with God. Um, I've been <laughs> growing in my walk with the Lord. This is so good. Time to be still. Yeah. You're right. It's, it's given us time. Now, when we say to people, hey, are you finding quiet time with the Lord? All of us should be able to find quiet time with the Lord right now. Maybe not quiet. We might have to find a spot in our corner of our homes, but yeah. we should be able to spend time with the Lord. And you can't hear what God is saying if you're not still. Right. So that one's really, ooh, teaching you to love your enemies. It's so good. Yeah. So good. So like <laughs> when we think about what God is resetting and the things that God is doing new, the Israelites would take their eyes off the pillar or the cloud or the fire that's in front of them. And they begin to look back 
And when they were, weren't looking at God, what he was doing, even slavery looked better to them. Wow. And so we have to realize that if we don't have our eyes on the Lord, we're going to begin to think other things are so important and so enticing. It mm -hmm. says in Luke 9, 62, that Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the, in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. We always need to be looking for what God is doing. We have to realize we're not always supposed to be looking back. I think of it as, I think it was when we're driving, when we're driving, we have a rear view mirror mm -hmm. and the rear view mirror, I was always hanging up. And the thing is, is this, if I drive staring at this mirror, mm -hmm. all of us realize my driving is not going to be good. Right. My driving is not going to be safe. Right. And you're going to be reckless. You're going to be reckless. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be paying attention. And what we have to realize is I'm supposed to check to see what's behind me. And, yeah. and I've seen in the chat where people said, have said like our past are going to, our past events are going to help people, mm -hmm. which is absolutely true, but it's only if we're checking our past events. So even if I'm helping somebody and I'm being compassionate and I share my story, I have to be careful in my own heart. Am I sharing my story to draw attention to it over their situation? Or am I just checking it and reflecting on it to share with them how good God is? Right. And it's going to depend. This is why if you get in your car, you're going to notice something as you look out your front windshield and you check your rear view mirror. The front windshield is way bigger yeah. than our rear view mirror. Yeah. Because I'm supposed to be looking forward, not concentrating on what's behind me. Yeah. We need to concentrate what's in front of us. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 42, nine says this, see the former things have taken place and new things I declare mm -hmm. before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Mm -hmm. See, what we have to remember is the past has happened. We, the past has happened. Yeah. It's not going to go away. It's and there. Sometimes what happened in the past actually can stop us up from moving right. forward. So you do need to have an acknowledgement. Right. We need to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. We need to learn from it. We need to heal from it. Right. And we need to forgive others and trust God to use it for his glory. As many of us are saying in the chat, we have to trust God that he's going to use all of it for his glory. And this is yeah. where we're doing the um, emotionally healthy spirituality, the EHS course that's coming up and it's going to help yeah. us with this. It is going to look back. It's going to look back to be able to heal from things and understand mm -hmm. who we are because of that. Yeah. But the whole idea of looking back in that course is so that we can look forward and learn from it and deal with it and put our eyes on him. Yeah. And so we realize that Isaiah 48, six, it says this, for now, I will tell you of new things, of hidden things unknown to you. Mm -hmm. See, he will show us what he's up to. Yeah. He's got, he wants to tell us as we look forward and we look for him and what mm -hmm. he's doing, mm -hmm. he's going to show us new things. And after this COVID, he doesn't want us to return to normal. Yeah. He doesn't want us to return to normal. He is up to something new. Right. New in my life, new in your life, yeah. new in our family, mm -hmm. new in the church, new in the community. Yeah. It's not about just me, mm -hmm. but he's up to something new in the life of his church as well. Yeah. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. We've read it already. It, it says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. 
Do you not perceive it? That is such a key part. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. He is making a way and something is Mm -hmm. springing up. Do you perceive what he's doing? So the question actually is, what is God doing? And in the last couple of weeks, we've talked about that God is doing something um, that it may not look like what we have thought it should look like. You know, we're looking for growth this way, but he wants to do growth this way. Um, And so what is God doing? Um, I believe that he wants just to take the walls off the church. I think that we have put very thick, big walls around the church. Church happens in here, like bring everybody in. But what God wants to do is us to get outside of our own walls that we've put up and become the church. Um, You know, that scripture verse talks about the fact that the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. Like if we are going into end day, end times, he needs to prepare the workers, which he means he needs to train us up right. and we need to be participators and, and join forces with him, not just standing back, hoping that he's going to do the work. Yes. Prayer is important. Right. So don't get me wrong praying. And, and we actually in the season need to pray more than we've ever prayed Absolutely. before, but there's a, there's a point of action. Yep. So this week we did um, a table talk and we talked about um, goals for 2021. Um, Dare we say New Year's resolution. I know people don't like that word (laughs) sometimes. It scares them away. But we have to be having a goal or else we move nowhere. And we even talked about the fact that if you're not moving anywhere, actually you might be moving backwards. Right. You need to be actively moving. But in order to have a goal... We don't move forward unless we actually have um, maybe some steps in place. Yep. And maybe, a, you know, I, I saw a, a conversation under our table talk that was so good that maybe check in points, like yep. how am I doing throughout the year? Um, accountability people who are keeping us accountable. Um, so in, in closing our conversation, um, what we want you to do, we're just going to give you a couple of minutes and we want you to talk with your um, spouse or um, maybe if you're by yourself, you need to journal, um, talk to God about it. Um, If you're with a family, talk to your family about how can we take some steps to becoming the church? So what is the harvest field? The harvest field is our neighbors. How are we getting to know them better? How are we serving them? How are we... um, how are we witnessing? Everything needs to come back to Christ. How about your coworkers? Um, how are they doing? How can you serve them? Um, how about your, your family members, your friends? Um, um, how can we serve them? How can we be a witness to them? How can we make sure that we're not in self-pity so that right. we are a witness? Um, I'm going to put throw her under the rug, but my sister called me this week and we were talking about the table talk and, and she was like, you know, I think my new year's resolution is um, being the light. And she's like, we need to have light in us yeah. to give away. So getting closer to God so that we, there is a fire burning in us. And I think that we can't give anything away if there's no fire burning in absolutely us. If, yep. if we are not connected with the vine if we're not connected with god there is nothing in us to be passionate to give away so how am i getting closer to god and so we're just going to pause we can't do anything with our screen right now but we're just going to pause for like two minutes we're going to put our own timer on and we're going to ask you to take a couple seconds and to ask your family or to journal and ask god how can you um, take some steps? And then 
I want you to take a self check and say, have I been grumbling or have I been in self pity? And then I want you to repent of that. So that just means father, forgive me for living in self pity and help me to see what you're seeing. Ask God to open your spiritual eyes, ask him to open your spiritual ears and to, and to speak to you um, so that he can tell you what he's doing. So let's just take a couple minutes right now and let's, you know, take some time with your journal or with your family, and then even have a moment of prayer at the end. And then we're going to come back and we'll finish this up. I hope you had a great time just praying together and working together and talking together. What is God asking us to do? And he has taken us outside the walls. And so the harvest is your neighbors. You know, when we talk to them, we make sure that our conversation is about them and seeing how can we minister to them? Can we pray with them? Can we speak to them? Can we encourage them? And so I just want to take some time to pray with you. And then I also want to let you know that there is altar ministry happening right now online. And you guys are able to, um, you guys are able to call in and you're able to um, have somebody pray with you. And so if you need some more encouragement, if you go to BethelStratford.org, right on our main page, it will just be a link right there for prayer. And there's people waiting to pray with you right now. And so this year, my goal is, and my prayer is for all of you, that you will be able to see Jesus moving and keep your eyes looking forward. And so, Father, I just pray right now for every one of us that, Lord, we will be able to fix our eyes on you, keeping our eyes looking forward, that, Lord, we'll check the mirrors to see how you, what you've done in our lives, how you've encouraged us, how you've healed us, how you've worked in us. And so we will check our mirrors, but we will not stay there. And that, Lord, we will continue to look forward to see what you are doing new in our lives and around us that we can be a part of. And so, Lord, we thank you again for all the things you've done in our past. But Father, we today, we repent of the times that we have camped in self-pity and that we've stayed there and we've made it about us. And Lord, we now, we move from uh, an act of repentance to moving forward and pressing in on you. And we ask you to lead us and guide us. And Lord, we want to be a part of everything that you are doing in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we just want to say thank you for joining us in doing something new. We hope you've enjoyed this as we as much as we have. We welcome you to our home and we say thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the chat. It's really made this so good. And so we say God bless you and we will see you next week right here from our living room. And so have an incredible week. So make sure that you go to um, the altar ministry. Yes. If you need prayer for anything, it doesn't even have to be related to the message. Just, you know, we want to connect with you and we want to pray for you. Yeah. So God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 